morning and welcome to another edition of uh, 48 Shades of Football, everyone's favourite podcast on the K-League. Tonight I'm joined as always by Paul, uh, my name is Mark, and we have a special guest as well, Mr Chris Carver, who will be coming on later on specifically to talk about the Supermatch and a little bit about the difference between Korean football and good football. Uh, the intro so, music... Something you have to keep it clean this week. Uh, I, I, yeah, I guess. Which means that like, be, like we do every week. That'll be two podcasts in a row then. That'll be thirty-five in a row. Yeah, that'll be four in a row. That should make your editing a lot easier then, Paul. Yeah. At least I won't have to go everywhere looking for swear words to insert every time. I don't. I don't swear in front of um, better class of people <laughs> than myself. English people. <laughs> English people. Yeah, but well, you're Scottish, so I know. So, 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 we, so we get away with that. It's good that you're finally admitting it. Yeah, it was the Beckham shirt that threw me for about six months. But the accent, I can, I can hear that Forest Mechanics accent coming out. Yeah. Anyway, enough about that. Um, so, the intro music, I guess, was inspired, chosen, selected by, by Paul. Um, it was obviously Hey Jude by The Beatles. The Fab Four. The Fab Four. Paul, do you want to explain to us why you got that inspiration? I guess we'll talk about it more when we come to our review of the Supermatch, but one of the sole players, whose name sounds a bit like Jude... Scored four goals to destroy Suwon, so I thought it was appropriate. Okay, so the Fab Four was talking about Seoul's four goals and not the four Key League Challenge teams at the top of the table who all lost. Well, they were the, the antithesis of the, <laughs> the Fab <drab> Four. <laughs> the Crap Four. See, if your father wasn't here, we would say something else, yeah? <laughs> but anyway, we better keep it clean, yeah? <laughs> okay, cool. You wait 30 minutes, he'll be asleep, so he's still suffering <laughs> from jet lag, so... Actually, the same as Sunny, yeah? <laughs> okay, so the the run of or the the order of play for today is we're going to start with uh, some review of the ACL, which we previewed in detail last week. We did, but it must have been cut and edited out because I don't remember it. <laughs> okay, uh, then we'll we'll review. I got that right this time. Uh, the challenge and the classic. Well, obviously, we'll spend a lot of time talking about the super match. Then we'll do a comparison between the K League Classic and I guess the English Championship which is roughly where Sheffield Wednesday have spent their whole history. Controversial. <laughs> I don't know. It's been named four or five different things. Not the club, the, the league. But I think you've always been in that. Have you ever Have you been in the top league? So frequently. <laughs> okay, frequently. Permission to just, swear. Just not recently. Permission to swear. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't the Blaze been there before you? Anyway, uh, then we'll talk about, we'll do a preview uh, the upcoming uh, matches this week, which involve uh, Sangju are playing on Wednesday, the Korean national team is on Thursday, and then we have the K-League Challenge, which has a full card on Saturday and Sunday. Okay, so first up we have the uh, ACL final. The ACL final was split over two legs. Uh, so the first leg was in Dubai on Saturday evening. It was between Al Ali and the hugely spending Guangzhou Evergrande. Or ever ever spend it as I think they're getting they're getting called yep. by most people on, on, on Twitter these days. Yep. Um, obviously that was a bumper crowd of about fifty thousand because then Al Hali have had these amazingly huge crowds with tifos they like, all all through the uh, qualifying stage. And yeah, amazing when it came to the final there was like nine thousand four hundred there. But anyway, <laughs> I guess maybe Saturday night's not a good night for, for football in, in, in Dubai, I guess, yeah. Perhaps it was raining. <laughs> Perhaps it was raining, yeah. Um 
Paul, did you get a chance to watch the game after the super match? I didn't see much after the super match, to be perfectly honest. I'm pretty sure it wasn't shown on Korean TV. I'm pretty sure it wasn't, yeah. So, no, I didn't get a chance to watch it. Okay. In fact, as you might have guessed from the lack of preview in last week's podcast, we completely forgot this match was on. <laughs> uh, and I did, I did only realise when I was scrolling through the uh, English football results on, of a Saturday night, and think, oh God, that's starting in half an hour. <clears throat> I did see something at, during during the super match. I saw someone the AFC tweeting, "Are you all ready for the final?" Uh, but I was, yeah, I wasn't really paying any attention to that. I was too busy trying to see Suwon goals, as I kept missing them every every time they scored. Um, so the game finished uh, nothing each. Um, I guess the only real talking point was, I think we had discussed previously that there would be a Korean versus a Korean potential with uh, Korean referees. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't quite work out. Didn't quite it? work out that way, did it? Um, Kwon Kyung-won did play, did start for Al Ali, but uh, Kim Young-won uh, didn't even make the bench for for Guangzhou. Yeah. Yep. The Korean referees did make it, and maybe a bit of controversy there with a red card after 84 minutes. Um. Yeah, it's a bit controversial. Do you want to have a little bit of a rant about that? Well, when you have a look at the referee, I'm not surprised he gave a red card, to be perfectly honest. He probably thought that, uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce the guy's name, but I do know that, I do realise his second name is Ho Sa In. He probably thought it was Wang Yi Jo. And that's why he gave him a red card, yeah. I think he's the famous um, anti Song Nam referee. Well, they all are, but. The fourth official is the anti Seoul referee, so. Yes. Kim, Kim he gone, yeah? From what, whatever game that was, was a few about a month ago, he's ridiculously yeah. biased against Seoul. Wasn't it John Book again? Could have been. I can't remember what it was, but it was ridiculous. It was insanely biased against Seoul. I'm sure Kim Kim Chung Hyuk, I think that's his name. Yeah. Kim Chung Hyuk, I'm sure, is a guy that that always gets abuse uh, from Songnam fans. But he, he can't hear it. Because they're so far away at Tanjan, but they always give him abuse not anyway. Anymore. Not <laughs> anymore. <laughs> not anymore, no. But, but I guess we'll get into your rant of referees a bit later on. Yeah, we have plenty of time today because there's, there, there's not a full card of the Kaylee Classic, so plenty of time. Maybe we can have have your father's opinion on referees in Korea as well. He was a qualified referee, so he could potentially uh, give some insight into the, the pressure of being a referee. You could, I could probably improve the on-pitch performance when it's up there myself. <laughs> you could probably alleviate my pain as well then, yeah? As someone that's played in a match that he's refereed, I'd have to disagree with that. <laughs> oh, surely! Did he get sent off, Paul? No, but he, denied, he denied a clear penalty when the, when the goalie grabbed my ankle and pulled me back. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic! You were the first person I know who dives. <laughs> What? That's brilliant. Paul, that just that just sums up your life. Even your father didn't give you a penalty when you were clean through on goal. That's fantastic. You remember when Bam, the Bambi film, yes. Bambi's taking his first steps? That's a certain son of mine. <coughs> Twinkle well, Toes Carver. Cut. That'll be cut. <laughs> no, no, I'm doing it this week so it stays in. <laughs> Twinkle Toes Carver. Fantastic. Did you win the game in the end anyway? Because it's all about the winning, yeah? That was under-14s under league in Australia. And there was a, a, a big 
a very wide gap between the better teams and the worst teams. So one week we'd, we'd beat the worst teams sort of 6 0, and the next week we'd go out and get beat 10 0. So can't actually recall that specific game. So you'd recall the penalty incident, you just don't recall the Because the goalie had his, palm, his arms around my ankle, he was pulling me back. And the in the black. <laughs> did, you, did you score much when you were playing? Um, and come on, about about as much as I do nowadays. <laughs> okay, Paul, so do you think that's a good result for Guangzhou? Do you think they can take it back to China now and, and uh, see it out and become like, champions for the second time in three years? I guess surely they have to be favourites after that. I mean, beforehand I'd pick them as the, the, the heavy, heavy favourites and I'm slightly surprised they didn't actually go away to Dubai and win. But take it back to Guangzhou, Al Ali are not going to do anything there, are they, surely? Yeah, I mean, from what I've seen of uh, the kind of... the teams from, you know, like Saudi Arabia, the Emirates and so on, like, when... They used to meet Korean teams a lot earlier than, than, than the final. They never really seemed to do that well against them. There was only like one or two good teams, but for the most part, it always looked as if the kind of Asian teams, the, the Korean teams, the Chinese teams, Japanese teams, seemed to be that much better like in their home stadium. So to have to go to China and score, or at very least hold it until extra time penalties, I think is probably going to be beyond them. I think. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm not sure how influential number twenty six is. His name the is right uh, Abdurijaji Hajim. Um, but um, he he'll obviously be suspended for the game. Okay. I guess we'll revisit this in a couple of weeks, just before the second legs on the twenty first of November. So. And good friend of the podcast, Gary, is trying to blag a ticket to go there. He's he's actually leveraging his his appearance on this podcast to try and get a press pass. Oh really? Yeah, to go. Oh, fantastic. Uh, one thing I did notice as well was that looking at the uh, the Guangzhou team, is obviously um, Alan, the thirty five million euro or twenty seven million euro Brazilian who joined at the same time as Ricardo Goulart is nowhere near that team. He was the guy who was a top goal scorer at uh, Red Bull Salzburg. See when they signed him. I th- that's a mess. I'm saying. I mean, I think he he he's gone out of the team, but I find it really interesting. I, th- that I thought their fourth foreigner was Rubinho, the, the ex-Man City guy. Well, yeah, but I mean, they spent so much money on him in the summer, and then he like I think he's been transferred out. But yeah, still Elkerson is still there. I think he's been there for. Maybe they sent him to the Chinese second division to to play alongside uh, Edu. <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, probably looking like too much now, too big a task for um, Al Ali. You would think. I think definitely like Guangzhou don't look like they're going to lose in their in, in their home stadium. I wouldn't have thought. And even if they do look like they're going to lose, they'll just get a dodgy penalty like they did against Songnam. So yeah, I, but why do you have to bring that back up again? I, they have just got over that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even if they look like losing, uh, they'll the brown envelope will arrive at half time and and they'll get a penalty or the referee will cancel the game and and award it to the home team anyway. Having said that, presumably the Middle Eastern refs for the the second leg. Well, I guess yeah. Western Western Asian refs. Well, uh, maybe they'll be from Uzbekistan or somewhere like that. But I guess like Uzbekistan or Saudi Arabia or Iran. Iran. But, but they'll be from that that neck of the woods. Yeah. 
So maybe they'll maybe maybe they'll send off a Chinese player. I guess theoretically both teams must be quite loaded, right? Oil money versus whatever corrupt sh- money, whatever shady money, <laughs> ever grand they've got. Gambling money, I have no idea what it is. Like, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, looking at the team, like looking at um, Adali's team, I don't recognise a single name. Uh, as opposed to, I do recognise obviously Ricardo Goulart and Polina, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe Everton Ribeiro is really good. Maybe Rima is really good. I have no idea, but I don't recognise their names. As opposed to obviously one look at the Guangzhou team, and you do recognise their 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 foreigners. Never mind the fact that they do have, you know, like as I keep calling him Zheng Zi. I know that's not his name, but like you know, ex EPL player. Chinese captain in their team, like I think they have like, the Chinese national goalkeeper in their team. Plus that guy that's going to Real Madrid. Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. So you look at it and you think it's kind of even even though Al Ali probably have a lot of, as you said, oil money, it's still kind of pretty pretty one sided that they that the ACL. I mean, I don't think anyone can match Guangzhou. So what was the score, Paul? Nil nil. Do you think Al Ali can still win it? <laughs> well, I mean, football's a funny game, as someone used to like to say. We'll bring up Jimmy Greaves again, please, because we're unsure like, yeah. if he's still alive or not. I thought we decided he was still alive. I think we had. I just couldn't do Dad, is Jimmy Greaves still alive? Yes. Okay. There you go. So it's a funny old game. You, got you never know. On the authority of an ex referee, Jimmy Greaves is still alive. So it's a funny old game. Al Ali probably no chance of winning it. Could imagine that it's in Guangzhou's hand now. And as I said earlier, when we were wrapping it up 15 minutes ago, uh, they should go on and win it for the second time in three years. Okay, so so that was the uh, ACL final wrapped up. Uh, next, let's move on to the the, the Key League Challenge. We're gonna have a massive swing, are we, from the elite of Asia to the dross? We're going to have a massive swing from the big money spending of uh, Guangzhou to the big money spending of Sowieland, who who obviously also um, romped their their league this season with the amount of money that they spent on Swedish hot dogs and Tempe <laughs> stand. Um, so obviously, this is the league that Stevie cares about, uh, <laughs> otherwise known as who cares. But anyway, let's, let's go through it anyway. We only have two games left. <laughs> okay. So, this week was a, a pretty... It was, a, it, pretty was a, it was a seminal week, wasn't it? Every, was it sorry? Ch- it was a seminal week where... Okay. Sorry, you're, I'm an English teacher, but I thought that meant something else. Um, it was a huge week, I think, if that's what that means. Um, it was a week where it was supposed to make a big difference, like in the table. We were hoping that we would see maybe someone clinch it, uh, or maybe someone like fall out of the pace or something. But um, yeah, how did the four the, the four top teams were all in action against obviously four teams below them? That's how these things normally work. Let, let's put it this way: UK got more points in the last five Euro, Eurovision contests com- combined than any of the top four did in this week's K League Challenge. How many points is that? No. <laughs> no. Okay. So we'll just go through them quickly, yeah? So first up, we had uh, Suwon City at home to Anyang. I think I did call this one an Anyang victory. I'm fairly certain I did. Um, I don't know why I did, but I think I did. Uh, that finished Suwon City 1, Anyang 2. Podcast favourite, Japa. 
he's pulling, got an eye for goal. He's got an eye for goal. Uh, pulling one back for Suwon, but uh, Anyang took the lead two minutes, and uh, they were two 0 up by half time. Japa got one in the second half, but it wasn't enough. So Suwon on the uh, Saturday losing losing to Anyang. Uh, next up we had D-Land, who were at home uh, to Gyeongnam. But it should have been a pretty routine uh, three points for Eland. But given that Kyungnam have sort of been hovering around the bottom of the league all season. Yeah, and they've also got rid of their their kind of dangerous Eastern European player. Lest he score tenth goal of the season. Yes, yeah. Um, and amazingly, yeah, like they they beat they beat Eland. I mean, I, I think I said this when when Stevie was still on the podcast. Stevie said that nine of their of their last ten games or something were at, were home. at home, and I said, to be honest, when there's no atmosphere and they, there's it's like playing in a, in a in a cave, it makes no difference if you're at home or away. And uh, I think that's been proven to be right because I don't think Ireland have actually done particularly that well. I mean, in the last four games, they've, they've only won once, uh, twice in the last five. Did you hear back from our competition winners about whether they enjoyed the game or not? Uh, I heard back from one who said that he thoroughly enjoyed the craft beer uh, and all the couldn't the, remember the game and all, and, and all the hot girls around him, and uh, he hoped to, to be on Soeyland's Facebook page because it doesn't matter even when they can't win the title anymore, they'll still post three hundred and forty-five photographs of the game in which they lost the title. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know anything about this game? It was played in Jamshill. Because where after the super match, I was flicking through the scores, and on my well-renowned football score app, app it did say that Eland had drawn one all with a goal after sort of 28 minutes. I'm wondering if they had a goal disallowed at some point, or whether the app's just gone crazy. So what happened was, uh, uh, when it was still nothing each, uh, Tarabai put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, he was clean through um, and buried the ball, and it was chopped off. Inexplicably chopped off for offside. Um, I know some people on Twitter who were there who were kind of posting about it. I know someone copied uh, Martin Rennie in the tweet. Martin was very. Um, Martin or, or his PR guy in Canada? No, no, it was Martin. He was he was very. Um, I can't think of the word right now, but very kind of like peeved, very British about it all. Upset. No, 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 he was very British. Stiff upper lip. He said, uh, refereeing decisions even themselves out across the season. That's a man who's obviously been reading the data record talking about Celtic um, over, over his career. Um, so, uh, yeah, like, so Martin refused to be kind of drawn into, into an argument or a discussion about whether or not the referee was out of order. Replays have since shown that there was nothing wrong with the goal. And in actual fact, it should have been Tarabai's like, 10th goal in 10 games or something. Uh, the goal didn't stand. In fact, actually what happened uh, was, was, was quite strange. Apparently, Gyeongnam kicked off. Uh, so the, the goal was scored. The referee gave the goal. The players celebrated. The fans sat in the seats doing nothing, as they normally do. Uh, the game moved back to the centre circle. The ball was put down on the centre circle, and maybe you're, maybe Chris can jump in here and see if this is possible in England. The ball was put back in the centre circle. Then the linesman called over the, the referee, saw a foul 
And they then brought the ball back and awarded a free kick to Gilnam. Perfectly possible. As long as, 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 long as the kickoff's not been taken, right? It wasn't taken. The ball was moved to the kickoff. They yeah. didn't actually take it. No, and then after consultation, the, the, the linesman said, "You've really got this wrong. It's it's a, it really wasn't. It really was a foul." And the referee pulled it back, and Gilnam got the free kick. That's fast move by by Gilnam's owners to get the brown envelope. To the <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. He was he was he was right next to their dugout though, so so uh, it was pretty easy. But yeah, uh, I think maybe the referee had too many Swedish hot dogs before the game, and that's why he was a little bit slow in pace. So that so that was why your app said one each. Um, this was this has been a quite a talking point with at least one or two people anyway on on Twitter the last couple of days as to whether or not either the referee was allowed to actually change his decision whether it can be influenced by something after the, the kind of the decision has been given again I could quote a Celtic example but I won't <laughs> um, I can quote a sole example well please do a couple, couple of years ago in I don't know if it's the end towards the end of the season or the playoffs Dayan scored a goal and he was clearly offside by like three metres, but the linesman didn't know it, the referee didn't know it, and then, you know, they put the uh, the replay up on the big screen. Oh, no way. The referee saw the replay on the big screen and thought, hang on, he's offside there, and he disallowed the goal from that point. That's not possible, though. That, that's, that shouldn't be possible, should it? shouldn't be possible, but it's becoming more f- uh, frequent in, back in the UK, you know, the fourth official looking at replays. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's pretty dodgy. And at the time, there was a massive dis- debate on the uh, discussion. Uh, there's a massive discussion on the on the forum, on the forum that we frequent, saying yes, he was offside, but you can't make that judgment based on a replay on the big screen. If he, if the linesman or the referee saw it, he saw it. If he didn't, he saw it. He, at, at the time, video replays weren't allowed, so you can't mm. disallow it based on watching it on. So yes, so that was a controversial point from the uh, Elan game. Um, I mean, one each would have... I mean, had they went one up against Gyeongnam, yes, they would probably have been on and won the game. Yes, they'd be in 62 points. Yes, they could still win the league. Um, but ultimately, I think, as someone said on Twitter, with the squad that Eland have, compared to the squad that other teams have, with the money that Eland did kind of put into that team at the beginning, they should have won that league. They had a pretty bad start, didn't they? And they, they, they had a bad start, a great middle. Is, is, and it, is, a, it, is, a, is this a sole a thing end. where they have a terrible start and basically throw the league away within the first two months of the well, season? But they had a fantastic middle where they, where they were really up there. And um, then, the you know, like whether Brian Irving going back to Scotland or whatever really did affect him or not, we don't know, yeah? Um, but well, he's back now and they're not doing particularly well now, yeah. so you, th- you have to say no yeah. so other games that they were on uh, the third game on the Saturday was uh, Sangju uh, Sangju were at home to Chungju bottom of the league marooned at the bottom of the league yep. Chungju Sangju with two victories and a, on the bounce um, and yeah just like the other top four teams they lost as well um, and again not not even in it just like with uh, Suwon like two 0 down, and uh, pulled one back. But yeah, yeah. I mean, really, Sangju have looked erratic. Like they lost. That we know that they lost. You know, like like a lot of players. But then they seem to be getting a little bit better again. They're still only one point adrift of um, 
Diego could still win the league, but from a footballing fan point of view, I really hope Diego win it now, to be honest. Uh, speaking of Diego, they were away to Gangwon on Sunday, so they knew that Sangju, Eland and Suwon had all lost. So they knew that a victory on Sunday would kind of put them pretty clear. Yeah. Uh, they drew three each with um, Eland last weekend, um, so they were kind of hoping to go a little bit better and actually win this one. They took the lead with, after two minutes from, from Jonathan, then Jonathan's Beluso uh, equalised, and then Gil, who is not like a fish out of water, <laughs> had made it uh, two each, and then the third Brazilian, Henan, wow, uh, made it three to. And Diego never come back from that. That's a case of three Brazilians combining well too. I don't really know where these Brazilians came from at Gangmon. They, they seem to be scoring the, the, the odd goal here, here and there. So, I mean, Beliso is on 15 goals. Uh, Gil's on nine. Yeah, I mean, so these guys are, are playing, are doing pretty well, yeah. Um, and then the final game in the challenge. You think we'll see Gil being shipped out the door next now? He's on nine. <laughs> Shipped at the door, fish out of water. <laughs> the thing is, that when he first came here, I'm just trolling for compliments myself. Well, yeah, but then when he first came here, I, I thought he'd be cod awful. <laughs> oh dear. Because they, uh, like, they, a lot of Brazilians flounder, like they, 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 in the first couple of weeks. They do look out of place, don't they? Yeah, but he's he's shown a lot of soul. There's no more. There's no more. Anyway, and the last game of the challenge was uh, the police versus Butchon, and uh, it was a, a 2 0 victory for, for Butchon. Podcast favourite or TV show host, whatever you call him, Lukian, getting the decisive second goal. Which, again, just a little, just like, um, too little, too late for Butchon. I mean, technically, they could still make the playoff. If they won their two games and Sue won lost their three remaining games, but it's not going to happen, is it? It's they, not going to they, happen. They've already pulled it in the last, in the previous three games when they lost yeah. three on the trot. So they've basically pulled an Anyang. Yeah. Like what Anyang did last season, like yeah. so close, and then just the couple of weeks before it, just like to absolutely blow it. Yeah. So that's the challenge. Should we go on to the classic then? Okay, so let's have a look. Shall we start with the relegation group? I guess so. Okay, uh, Dejan, did they get relegated this this uh, week, or are they still clinging on for for dear hope? Mathematically, they've still got hope, but effectively, they're relegated. I think. Okay, so yeah, they after they round the results, they're six points behind Pusan, but they have minus thirteen of a goal difference more. Uh, they could pump two teams seven 0 and, and get through, I guess. But if, if Pusan lose three 0 twice and Tejon win 3-0 and 4-0, they'll probably do it. See, that's the accounting coming out there, because I said if they won 7-0 twice, but you actually managed to compute in the other team's score as well. Uh, well, Pusan need to lose twice, right? So let's say worst case scenario, they get two 1-0 losses. Then then uh, Tejon just need to get a swing of 11 goals. So two 6-0 two wins will do it. So two six no wins and two one no losses. Yeah, would be enough to see Dejan on level goal difference. No, they'll be one ahead then. One ahead. Two accounts in the room. Okay, <laughs> okay. But, yeah, but they're not going to do it, are they? They're not going to do it. Yeah, but let's have a look at the scores anyway. Yeah. 
So first up on uh, Saturday, we had uh, John Am, John Am v Guangzhou, like two teams that are probably half of them are already away on their summer vac- uh, their winter vacation, and another half wish they were. Um, this is the thing with the split. Uh, it kind of means that you have teams that are playing for absolutely nothing from the beginning of the split, like Incheon, Ulsan, Guangzhou, John Am. We're all pretty much safe anyway, so they've been playing for nothing for the last few games. I think we we talked about in a previous podcast that Kwangju needed all they need to do is beat Busan, which mm. they did in round one of the split, and then from then on those four teams have got nothing to play for, and Taejong were just trying to catch Busan. Yeah, basically, yeah. So Jonam one two one, that was a home victory, two, two goals by Lee Jong Ho. Um, Ulsan, uh, they were at home against Taejong. I guess they only maybe one of the two games that did actually mean something. I guess. Uh, good to, to see podcast podcast favorite the Wookie. <laughs> it, it sounds better on the podcast uh, on the blog. I'll, trust me. I'll, I'll download something in it. Insert it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good to see uh, podcast favorite the Wookie uh, get a goal. I think that probably confirms him as he's he's probably going to win the golden boot now. I think yeah. Unless Adriano scores a couple of hat tricks, I think so. Yeah. But yeah, because Adriano was missing for the supermarket, so yeah, so he is going to, he's probably going to win the uh, Golden Boot, first Korean to win it in three years, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yep. Last year it was Santos. Previous two years it was uh, Dehan. Yep. And next year it'll be Dehan if rumours are to be to be believed. I don't know. I mean, Dehan half the goals, Adriano half the goals. Maybe though, maybe maybe Adriano will headbutt him. Uh, on the halfway line like he did Kevin Orris <laughs> mind you if Yunjite is going to score four goals every game I play him every game yeah definitely uh, so yeah so Ulsan 1-2-1 that hoisted them into second spot in the relegation group which is the equivalent of like eighth spot in the table um, means nothing to be perfectly honest uh, and the final game which if Busan had won on the Sunday uh, would have seen them definitely Thank you for clicking that. Definitely uh, safe, or definitely on the playoff spot. Uh, that was a, they were away to Incheon, and if you could have asked me to predict a result of Incheon v Pusan on a Sunday in the rain at 2 p.m., I would have said nothing each. So you got it wrong then. I got it perfectly spot on. So yeah, that game was the, the, probably one of the least inspiring games of the whole season, I think. Just coming back to the Ulsan Taejong game, a a well-renowned football app indicates to me that one of the Taejong players have been sent off in the 85th minute and scored a goal in the 86th minute. Have you got any insight on that? Uh, I don't actually, I have no idea what happened there. Uh, I'm assuming that app is probably... Someone sitting with a, with two mobile phones and a hands-free kit, watching the game, saying special words back into a phone to be relayed to China <laughs> or Singapore. So, because, um, because I'd seen that, I did actually watch the highlights for this game. So the goal in the 86th minute was scored by Kim Byung-sok. It was a penalty which he took and sung saved it and he, then he banged in the rebound. But he, So I, I originally when I'd seen it on the app, I'd assume well, he must have scored, taken his shirt off and waved it around yeah. and got a second booking and been sent off, but no... Nothing, man. So maybe, maybe the guy on doing the app saw the save. Too few beers, obviously. So he saw too, a red too, card that didn't too, happen. Too few beers, yeah. So maybe he saw the save, said something, and that was 
taken as being a red card. That's a bit strange. Yeah. Either way, he did score, yeah? Yeah. Kim Byung Suk. Kim Byung Suk. Okay. And he wasn't sent off. He was not sent off. So if you're if you're Kim's uh, mother and you're still scolding him for a red card on Saturday, it didn't happen. On the other hand, if you had a, a sneaky side bet on red cards in that game, you shouldn't be celebrating because you wouldn't get a payout. Okay, so that's the relegation group um, reviewed. Let's move on to the, uh, I guess, the, the championship group, I guess is this called. Um, obviously, there was one huge match in that group, which we'll talk about at the end, as we like to keep the, the kind of good games till the end to keep you guys listening for that one and a half minutes longer yeah, than you normally would have done, because you're, you're, you're only here for, this, for, for the super match, yeah? Should, should we start ending with every podcast on a cliffhanger? Is Mark dead? Has he been eaten alive by zombies or is he hiding under a... <laughs> Probably some of our listeners would rather we ended every podcast falling off the cliff. <laughs> Never mind that's a cliffhanger, but anyway. Um, so we'll go to... There was only one game in the championship group on Saturday, so we'll do Sunday first and then we'll go back to the Saturday, yeah? Yep. So the one that mattered was obviously Pohang versus Songnam. Um, which yep. was Songnam's chance of capitalising on maybe a mistake. By either So or Suwon. Both of which, or, or Chumbuk or... Or Chumbuk or, Ch- or Ch- Both of which games happen first, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, um, yeah, Songnam knew that had they beat Pohang, they would have a chance, a, a slim chance, but a chance of making the ACL. Uh, they contrived to create maybe one or two chances in the first half. Should have scored. How Namjoon Jay and... Wang Yi Joe both missed at the end of the first half is beyond me. Um, then, for some reason, and Paul, I know that you'll, you'll uh, agree with this, for some reason, uh, Park Jun Hyuk started time wasting at nothing each halfway through the second half. Was he doing his bloody. Yeah. <sighs> the exact same thing as he did against Seoul. And the same thing he did against Suwon when there were nothing each and had to beat Suwon. I don't think, I think someone needs to take him aside, shave his moustache, give the, give the whiskers to Kang Suil, and maybe explain that you only um, waste time when you're actually winning. They, a game that they had to win to have any chance of getting into the ACL, when he starts wasting time with like 25 minutes to go. Uh, crazy. Second half, Songnam gave nothing. They looked devoid of ideas. Pohan probably should have scored, probably should have won it. But I guess over the 90 minutes, <coughs> and nothing he's draw was probably the best result. Or probably, sorry, the, the most deserved result. It keeps Pohan uh, in second, it keeps Songnam in fifth, and Songnam are now, s- I'm going to say, five points behind um, Suwon and Seoul, but with a massive, like, 20 Goal difference or something daft. Come on, you got to keep the chicken out of. It's still possible. I mean, if Songnam go to John Book and beat John Book and then beat Jeju in the last day, if Pohang beat Suwon and John Book beat Suwon, then it will be the good guys in the ACL and the bad guys crying their eyes out uh, at home against John Book. But unfortunately, I don't think that's what's going to happen. 
I think the yes, the ACL next season will be John Book, Pohang, Sue Wan and so on. The other game on sun, Sunday was the, I guess, the title clinching match for John Book. If John Book won it, um, they, would, they would win the league. And I guess, who else was going to score the goal that won the league? Who else other than EJ Sung? Well, EJ Sung has been the guy who's been the kind of revelation this year. He's made the national team. The young guy. The young 21, guy. 22, isn't he? 21, 22. The, the young guys had a pretty fantastic season. Uh, he's kind of out, outshone Edon Gook, outshone Um Yeah, I guess if anyone was going to win it for them, it was going to be him. So John Book won the league. Jeju were pretty poor. Yoon uh, Big Garam had a chance in the last minute to, to square it. But yeah, had he scored, that the referee was already like <laughs> awarding some strange offside decision to make sure John Book won the league anyway. So it made no difference, I guess, to be honest. But uh, I would like to have seen it go one more game. But I think John Book have been they've been top of the table since give, day four. Give, given how four? far they were ahead at the split, I think it's a miracle that's lasted this long. To be honest, I mean they were so far ahead. They were what eight, eight or nine points ahead at the split, and yeah, they they kept spluttering and staggering towards the finish line. But well, they, well, they lost the first game to to Pohang. They drew the second game with Seoul. Um, do you know what I mean like they have lost games they have lost ground to, to um, Pohang yeah but Pohang I mean I guess for them they started the game against Songnam after the league was won I guess that they've been a pretty demoralising um, result for them yeah so I guess the game that mattered the game everyone was at the game all three of us were at the game we all started off at different areas but anyway we're all at um Paul, you want to take us through it? You're the man who's the happiest. Am I? Am I? I was just there for the football. This is the fourth Super Match of this year, right? So, obviously, regular listeners will know that Seoul got absolutely pumped in the first one. The second one was a, a bit of the first ever boring nil-nil draw. Mm. Seoul got revenge 3-0 away in the third one. So this was kind of a decider for who was taking dibs on the season. Bragging rights. Bragging rights. And ultimately, it wasn't Seoul, it was just Yoon Jutei. Right? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess Yoon Jutei takes bragging rights. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Che, your favourite ever manager, will take credit for picking him for this game. Well, I mean, it's not like he had a choice, right? Because um, Adriano was suspended. I think we, we discussed in last week's podcast, well, given that Adriano is suspended, where are Sol's goals going to come from? And when you when you texted me the, the starting lineup, so Adriano suspended, Molina and Takahagi, the other, the other two goal scorers from last week's FA Cup final, were on the bench. And I was thinking, well, where the hell are we going to score any uh, goals? He went with uh, Uno Rock and... Uno Rock, who's not scored any goals since he's come back into the team in the last month or so. Yeah. And Yunja But, I mean... I'm, I'm sure you'll agree that Yoon Jate was brilliant on that day, wasn't it? Whatever he touched, he scored. I mean, they, there are some times when you do refer to a footballer or a player or something as being a brilliant, like a, you know, like a brilliant game or a brilliant, uh, you know, like, like performance. But it, 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 that was brilliant. I mean, they, all four goals were, were world class. Um, the fourth goal was just 
Yeah, they, I mean, they were all brilliant. The, the fourth one, he was threaded through the eye of a needle, wasn't it, to yeah, get it past Jong and in, inside the post. Yeah, I mean, the fourth goal was just excellent. I wouldn't say the first goal was world-class. It was the mistake that he needed to build his confidence, but you know, yeah. the defender sort of stood on the ball and he was yeah. through, but he took it well, but it wasn't world-class. I mean, I, I think... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I would agree, it probably wasn't world class, but... Having said that, a whole bunch of Escuderos would have missed that. Yeah, I mean, having, having watched so many players in the same position, like Powder Puff at the goalkeeper or Blast at, like, like, you know, like, wider than it was, or like, higher than it was, wider, whatever, uh, it, was, it, it, was a great, it was a great strike. And, uh, but until that point, he'd been brushed off the ball so yes. easily, but that gave him the confidence to turn, go on and... Gets away from his markers, yeah. where all the other goals came from. I mean, Jung probably was it the second one that Jung should, should have had at his near post. There was one of the goals that that Jung probably should have got to. Yeah. Uh, I was right, at his near post. He probably should, should have got a hand to. Could be talking about the second or the third then, because the they're both at his near post. The third, third. Towards me, third. Yeah. Um, they just but, sheer power that got that. Yeah. One, though. I mean, I, th- I, mean, I think John is, a, is very much a confidence keeper. If he makes a couple of good saves in the first few minutes, then he'll, he'll have a, a great game. Uh, On the other hand, if he John's one. If he John's one in the first couple of minutes, then that's it. He, he, he's completely rattled. No idea why they picked him. No idea why they continue to pick him as a first-choice goalkeeper. When the, the kid, no, is far better. Um, he, was, he was great against Uraba Reds. When John was uh, injured, he was great the first few games of the season. Minus Pohang, but why they bring Jong back? Jong was horrendous against Songnam twice as well. So un- until that defensive mistake in the 28th minute, it was relatively even. Did you not think? It's quite open, back and forth. E- evenly bad. I would yeah. have to say. Um, I, I would have to say no. Uh, I would have to disagree with it, and not just because we agreed that we would disagree every single time, <laughs> but I would actually disagree with you and say that I thought this was. And I said this quite early on today, there, maybe like 10, 15 minutes. This is the worst Suwon team I've ever seen. As uh, Chris said, like I think um, they were equally bad, but I think Suwon just edged it in terms of badness, if that's a, if that's a word. Well, um, neither, see, neither side looked after the ball, misplaced yeah. passes, you know, trying to run with it into a blind alley, you know, not passing, setting people free. They, Goal scorer wasn't running into space; he was running at the players. It was, you know, it just never looked like being a goal yeah. until that mistake. Well, I mean, if you, that, it was a difficult, different game. I mean, if you go back to the five-one game, I know you don't want to, but if you go back to the five-one game and look at how Sue One played that day, and even in the nothing East game, look at how Sue One played that day. Uh, this is like a completely different Sue One team. This is a Sue One team that, but without Chong Tse, has absolutely nothing. Like, they are like they should. Sitting in the top three in the league uh, is, is an embarrassment on the K League. Um, they, I, I, I thought that they were. Don't I worry, they were give, really give bad. it another week. They'll be down in fourth. Hopefully, hopefully they'll get to fifth. <laughs> um, but I, mean, I thought they were. I thought that they, they were poor. Um, when I texted you the two starting lineups, I was really surprised that um, Takahagi and Molina were missing from from Seoul. Well, well Seoul Che basically made. Two enforced changes, right? Because because Char Char Adriano. was injured slash suspended, Adriano was suspended, and he made two selective changes by dropping Molina and um, Takahagi out of the centre of midfield. 
but it, it was clear he'd gone for a team which was high on pace rather than experience, and it seemed to work. I mean, I think drop, dropping Takahagi made sense. They, in the last game, they went 1-3-0. Oh, he, was, he, was, he was crazy. He was, he was that close to being sent off yeah. after about 15 minutes. I mean, I think, for, for everyone who can't see Paul's hand signal, it, it was really close. <laughs> um, it, but it, was, he was, it was a minnow rather than a yeah. trout. I mean, he... It was a toss-up between him and Obam Suck uh, as to who was going to get sent off first. Then so went two 0 up, and everything was everything changed. And Takahagi then calmed down because the game was over. Yeah? yeah, so I think he was probably right not picking Takahagi uh, for this one because um, I think he probably would have got two carried away. I think for the Su one, for the Su one coach's name, who I, I purposely forget because I don't like him. Sojong one. Thank you. Um, not picking Santos was like ridiculous. Yeah, they were they were clearly much better once he'd come on in the yeah. middle of the second half. Yeah. And I mean, like, Kayo is one of those players that people hate. Fans hate him for a reason, do you know what I mean? And it's like, that he he was just vile at Solnam when he pretended to be elbowed in the face. Uh, he did the exact same thing at uh, Seoul. That, that, that dive after five minutes was, like, theatrical at best. It reminded me of a young... Uh, guy called Paul, Paul Carver, yeah. young Paul Carver, and and in Australia diving when the goalkeeper didn't touch him, but um, it, it kind of like reminded me of that kind of same era of footballers. But but, but um, I mean, it was a blatant dive, yeah. I mean, it was. I don't think anyone was anywhere near him. But that's just Kyle. I mean, that's how Kyle plays. Whereas I think Suwon looks so much better. But when they had Santos, they, uh, they looked dangerous once he come on, didn't they? Yeah, they was so much better. But to be fair, then Seoul were attacking a lot more. The game had opened up anyway, mm. so and because of the poor organisation of the Seoul defence, they were leaving huge gaps. I mean, the big number four, the foreign player, Osmar. Osmar. He was marshalling one half of his defence, but the other half weren't taking any notice of him. So trying to keep a straight back four wasn't happening, and they were being caught. I think this is where again me, me and Paul disagree a little bit, uh, and the fact that I think. When you have Osmar and Chaduri, I think that is what happens. I think I think Osmar is like, okay, like, I love these guys, and Cha marshals his side. And I think together, they kind of keep that back line, like, for the most part, like, rigid and kind of in the right formation. And I think so really miss Chaduri. And I'm sure if Cha had, had, had been playing, I don't think I would have finished 4-3. I think Cha would have kept the composure at the back a lot more than they did. He was the only one composed, as we said, uh, on like last week's podcast. He was the he was the main reason why Seoul didn't lose to Incheon uh, in the FA Cup final. He was sorely missed here. Um, had the game went another five minutes, at the finish for each, because uh, that's the way Seoul were playing. Yeah, and he's the Seoul player I've noticed most of all the games I've seen over the years. He has been the most consistent, the most solid. Yeah. He's uh, he. I mean, he is. I, I give you I give you a terrible referee. The thing, thing is, they I mean they they the games mean, I've seen. They I mean me and, me and Paul have disagreed about this for like the, the full season, uh, and a lot of people think I like Chad because he used to play for Celtic. If any when Chad played for Celtic, I hated Chad because I, I thought he was like the weakest link at Celtic. But when you bring someone like that with that experience. With that football, and he does have a football and brain. That's all he he, he does have a football and brain. And when you bring that into the K League, 
a league that is kind of devoid of of real footballers who think. You know, it is a lot of like wangy Joes who they get the ball and just run with it with their head down. Uh, Chai is that kind of. I know that's what I know. Chai's game is running, and I get that, but he does have a kind of level of he knows where to be, he knows how to marshal. The, the, the only problem I have with Chai is that Che had to basically rearrange his back foot, his back four into a back five to cover Che's to to cover Char's reluctance or his lack of energy in coming back to be a right back because when he bombs forward that's fine and if he gets a decent crossing that's fine but then you got when when Che when Che was playing a back four last year you had a massive gap at right back because Char mm. couldn't get back yeah but so he's got now he's got the back the modern game is if a back goes forward one of the wing, wide players should be dropping back to cover and if that's not happening you're going to have the gap. Yeah, mm. and I think that's why, I mean, isn't that why Osmar has moved into a kind of more super role as well? It's just so that when Char goes forward, they, they Osmar is so there, can they control the back so four. So when Char goes make forward, forward one, of the, one of the three centre-backs goes to right back yeah. and, well, and tells Osmar drops back. And it works. But, but at the start of last season, when, when Che was trying to play a, a back four, it was mm. a disaster, wasn't it? Because Char would bomb forward and then he'd lose the ball. The other team would come on the counter-back, come down the left wing. Char wasn't wasn't there. There was no one covering from wherever, so they just cross in and goal in. And so you're done. admitting that, that that Che is a tactical genius and has come up with this idea of Osmar Marshall in this back three to make it back in a back. Well, it took him like ten games, but <laughs> <laughs> two seasons. <laughs> but I mean, I, I think I mean, if you focus just on the positives of football, which I mean, at the end of the day, seven goals. It was an exciting game. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it, it was a class game. It, it was brilliant, and for the. For the 25,000 who didn't attend that attended last year, shame on you for not coming out for a bit of rain. I mean, I, um, I this this game was shown live on KBS One, right? So yeah. any armchair football fan or any guy sitting at home in the rain wondering what to do, switch it on, seen a brilliant game of football. Hopefully, they'll be encouraged to come out to a K League game next year. You would think so, not. but then unfortunately, Pohang No, Songnam No was shown live on KBSN Sports the next day. So those same amateur fans were like, ooh, the kid looks great. Oh, no, it's shite. <laughs> um, it, I mean, it was a great game. Like, it was exciting, entertaining. The first 15, 20 minutes were terrible. Uh, I, would, I would agree it was two teams that kind of looked devoid but, of ideas. But I've got a question for you. Mm. So uh, up to now, Yunjite has been known as a kind of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Solskjaer super sub. Yes, he Someone has bring on after 60 minutes, he'll score a goal, and he has done that. He's done that five times this season. He's not started that many games. Adrian has been out suspended. He's come in. He scored four goals in the 70 odd minutes he played. Presumably, Adrian will be available for the next game because I think three yellow cards gets a one match suspension. So, Adrian will be available for the Cheju game. Unilock will still be available. Can you can you drop this guy after he scored four goals? Or does he does he have to start the next game as well? Um, I think I think I, I I honestly would drop him. So you bring Adriano back in, keep Unilock as his partner, and drop this guy to the bench and bring him on for the last thirty minutes or so if, if solo. Yeah, I mean, like I think I think if you drop Unilock on the bench now, you, you you've you've lost a player for next season. Uh, Rock has to be started with the hope that he can, he can score a goal in the next couple of games and kind of kick on for next season. But 
But isn't this guy the same? He's saying, I've, I've just gone out and scored four goals for you and you've dropped But this guy's still going to have the confidence that they get at the beginning of the season. They, they, they being dropped to, to the bench for, for Adriano yeah. is not really going to be, you know, it, it's, it's Adriano after all. But I think if you drop, you know, Rock for Adriano, you know, Rock's who thinks, yeah, I've got these two guys to try and beat next season. And, and the Patriot as well. And Dehan, if he comes back. <laughs> Patriot won't be here next season. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I think maybe leave Adriano on the bench then. You could leave Adriano on the bench. You say well, although you've got a good goal scoring record, this guy's just scored four goals. I can't drop him. I mean, I think for a confidence building point of view for the for for the next season, I think you have to give you know Rock some time. Mm-hmm. He can try and get that. I don't. I mean, as you said, he hasn't scored in like months yet. But he is. But he, is he didn't he, look like scoring against no, Sutton either. He well, but. As, as Chris said, no one looked like scoring until a mistake. Yeah? But the thing with um, you, the thing with Union Lock in the past, right? He was famous for his pace, and he had a terrible last touch. So he mm. he blitzed down wherever, and then he trying to spoon it over the top. Or, but in that game, even when he had chances, he couldn't use his pace. He couldn't beat the Sioux on defence with his pace. So he's like, he's not got the touch. He's not got the pace anymore. I mean, it depends. Reason. I mean, it depends on what you want to see. I mean, as a Sioux fan, it depends. Like, if you want to see your forward line being. Adriano and Yunjate next year, then you keep playing Yunjate until the end of the season. If you if, if you want to see your forward line being Adriano, Yunjate, and you know Rock, and I think you keep playing because I think if if you drop you know Rock now for Adriano, he's going to think there's no way I'm having him back in that team. Then stick him back in the midfield somewhere. You could do I that, don't yeah. think he's any good as a half you, of a two top. You could do. I mean. It would be tough to drop that guy, but I think if he did drop him, I don't think he would. He would kind of like suddenly go away in the corner crying. I think he'd be like, "Yeah, I'm being dropped for Adriano." The guys come in and scored like whatever many goals. I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, it's a tough one. I mean, it's like. What, what do you think? I'd keep him. He deserves it after scoring four goals. I mean, he does. I mean, I mean, I mean, four goals against your biggest rivals is huge. But, but it, would you drop Unilock or would you drop or, or would you leave Adriano on the bench? Well, I only saw Adriano when he first arrived and he hadn't scored any goals at that stage and it didn't impress me, so you know, I can't really make mm. a fair comparison, but you know, if, well, who are you playing in the next game? Cheju away. Cheju away. So that, yeah. that, that's a team where Seoul had a really brilliant record, except they lost last time out for yeah. the first time in mm. 10 years. So. Yeah, I think I'd put Adriano back and, and the other guy you're talking about, I have no idea what other traits he's got, but... Yeah, it doesn't hurt to be dropped occasionally. He's given boots yeah. at the backside. I think I think that kid is the Union Rock kind of. He was a potential wonder kid. Mm. That came through and, and it hasn't really worked. And for me, I just think he he kind of reminds me of that kind of Georgia Samaras confidence player. I think he needs to, he's the kind of player who needs to be played. He needs to be told. Yeah. Or needs to feel that the the man yeah, has confidence in him. Um, I mean, I, I'm not saying that that's what you should be looking at for next season. That's not what I'm saying. But I think I'd, like, for for me, like uh, Adriano was probably the most natural goal scorer I've seen since Dejan. Yes, Adriano. He's got a much better goal scoring record than Dejan ever did. Yeah, so. I, th- I mean, I, th- I think he 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 is like a natural goal scorer. Like he 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 knows exactly what the goal but, is. But early in the season, we were many like mad about him. Yeah. Yeah, but. I don't know. Um, that, that's why we get we we're happy to sit here and talk about, criticise whatever Trey does. But Trey's got to make the decision, yeah. 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 
And if, if you go away to Cheddar and win 5 0, he'll be vindicated. And if he goes to away, away to Cheddar and 0 0 draw or a 1 0 loss, then we'll be, we'll be shouting Trey out, Trey out, as we always well, do. You will be, yeah. Well, even if we win 5 0, I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. still be Trey out. So. Um, the one last thing I want to talk about, to just just quickly, right, before we, we, we wrap up the super match and move on to referees, um, is it was good from a Korean football point of view. It was good to see uh, Kwon Chang Hoon score another cracking goal. Um, the Wonder Kid. But it's good to see him score for the crew national. Uh, as the same with the Chum guy, EJ Song, he's another guy that's broken yeah. through this. You think we'll see Yoon Jite breaking through into the national squad after this? Is, is he giving Uli something to think about? He's 26, isn't he? Yeah, he's spent a few years in Germany. I think you can definitely see he's not your typical Korean forward, is he? He's yeah. got confidence and he's got a decent strike. As opposed to the I hope so. I mean, probably stays in Korea. Isn't that? He's, a, he's only just come back, so. <laughs> well, so came, what? came back last year. <laughs> just, just, I wouldn't be surprised if Park Chi Young left again. I mean, it's like, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, if you have a look at some of the, the sort of players who are, are beginning to hit the headlines this season, you have Wangy Joe, who is a natural finisher. Maybe not the, the all round or the finished article yet, but he is, a, he is definitely a natural finisher. You have uh, Quan Chang Hoon, who looks like he's going to be a pretty exciting talent. You have Yoon Jute coming back from Germany, as you said, looking a little bit different from the normal Korean striker. You have EJ Song, uh, uh, John Book, the young guy coming through, scoring the winning goal, he, he gave him the title. Um, so hopefully, Korean football might be getting a little bit interesting again. If we can keep these young guys, or these guys in the league, Without selling them immediately to like uh, Japan or China or like France or wherever, if we can keep in the league, then maybe we can keep some excitement in the league, and maybe we can see the crowds coming back a little bit. But the point is, I guess, that these guys have had a bit of a pearl patch, so they'll be off to China or the Middle East. You have to hope that they won't. Like, yeah, yeah, you have to hope that someone will keep them at the club right now. Like, I, I, I mean, I guess if we've if we've if we've identified five good young players. I, I would bet you ten thousand one right now that two of them will be gone by next season. At least two of them. I would agree with you, but I hope you're wrong. Uh, obviously, I hope we're wrong. Hopefully, we all hope that the good players that have gone out will come back. And but these young guys coming through, I, I want to see stay for a couple of seasons. Like I want to see Huang Joe not just. At, I don't care if it's a Songnam. Mm. Obviously, I want it to be at Songnam. But if Huang Joe moves to Jongbuk or Huang Joe moves to Pohang. I moved to FC Seoul. That, that's why the Adriano going from, from uh, Dejan to Seoul was really important for the K-League. Because yep. he was a talent. He was a, he was a good player. He was like a, he's, he's a natural goal scorer. Keeping him in the K-League is like really important. Keeping those players in the K-League. So they, whether they have to move to another team in the K-League that's a bigger team, that, then fine. But you, you want to keep them. You, you, you don't want to lose them all to like, second division Chinese teams. They're now first division. They'll be second division next year. Or they will no, no. They'll be first division next year. They've got they've okay, they've sorry. won promotion. So that's pretty much the um, the Kiri Classic review. We talked there about the the super match mostly. We got some viewpoints of everyone who was there. Uh, it was a pretty exciting game. Some pretty sweet goals. Um, obviously, great performance from Yoon Jute, who took the match ball and pretty much pulls. Paul's uh, desires home with him. Okay, so obviously, uh, as you mentioned earlier, and as you've heard through the podcast, 
we have a guest from England, uh, Mr. Chris Carver, uh, ex-referee, it would seem as well. Uh, huge, huge, huge. Wait, wait, wait. Even though he's an ex-referee, we're not going to use him to like back up your point about your what? rent on referees. Uh, we don't have time. No, we, we might have time, but within football, he's, he's an outside agent. You can't use him for... We can't use him to back up my... No, he's no. an outside agent. He's a beach ball on the pitch. You could just can't. You got to exclude it. He's a beach ball on the pitch. <laughs> That's a bit of a slog. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so apparently we can't use Chris to uh, talk about how to poor to confirm your opinion that how my opinion. Korean referees are. So I guess that will be next week then. Yeah. Okay. But what we can use Chris for definitely is um, Chris is a huge. Uh, I'll make sure I get this right. A huge Sheffield Wednesday fan. That's correct. Um, so. Chris, obviously, haven't watched um, some poor football for a long time. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say it was that good. <laughs> like, well, now you have Stevie May. I mean, that's a, that's a big thing, yeah? We have oh, has he gone now. again? No, he's, he's gone, gone to Preston. He's gone. he's gone again, OK. But you've yeah. got Hooper now, yeah? Gary Hooper. Yeah, Gary Hooper. And Ross Wallace, Barry Bannon. They're all Celtic players. Yeah. They're all pretty good. Well, I don't know about Gary Hooper with the jury still out, right? But he's only played one game, and that was last Saturday. So I haven't seen him. And Wallace and Bannon are doing a good job, though, aren't they? Hey, Bannon is not a Celtic player. He's, he's a huge Celtic fan, though. Yeah. Did you know Moritz was a, a Rangers reject? I did not. He had, a, he had a trial with Rangers back in the day, and they decided not to. Before they went bankrupt. Uh, presumably, he would, he, would, he would have been a great player for them. He headbutts people, but anyway, Chris, I, the reason why we we, we, we want to kind of ask you, like, having obviously me and Paul have been kind of blinkered perhaps by by being in Korea for like you know, like 10, well, me eight years, Paul, like 10 plus years, 15 plus years. Um, so we've spent a long time watching Korean football, it's been a long time since we really kind of stood on the terraces or you know, like sat in the stands. You know, of like uh, Scotland and England, and watched uh, the, that kind of you know like what we grew up watching. Having been to the super match uh, on on Saturday, it was like a seven goal thrower, so to speak. They having been to many other games that I know that you've been here several times. Uh, what do you think about the the kind of first of all they, they start with like what do you think of the quality of the of, of the Kelly Classic? Do you think it's I mean, is it on a par with a low championship team? Is it on a par with a mid-table championship team? Or maybe are we looking at looking towards like League One? I think that uh, the game on Saturday would have uh, been somewhere in the, uh, League One. Okay. Uh, you've got to understand that the championship nowadays with the parachute payments from the Premier League, you've effectively got six to eight Premier League teams at the top of the mm. table with so much money, which the K-League could never hope to uh, emulate. Okay, yep. Below that, this season in particular, there are another maybe six, seven teams that are aspiring there. Like my own team, Sheffield Wednesday, new owners, new investment, all of a sudden spending £3 million on Fernando Forestieri mm. from Watford, £2.7 million on... Lucas Xiao from the Portuguese national side. And the quality at Wednesday has gone up tremendously as much as uh, some of the other teams. So the championship is very strong at the top end. Uh, given the K-League might play well against the bottom three or four sides, but we've all, always got 
three or four poor sides at the bottom of the championship, mm. so they might survive there. But then again, I have my doubts because what I've seen so far over the last few years, with after the departure of the foreign managers, is that tactically they're not great. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you would place the Keighley Classic as being more the kind of League One. Yeah. Okay. And do 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 you think that's mainly? I mean, that you said. They, looking at money, I mean, obviously they'd be at the parachute payments. They, I mean, that that is something that no league uh, outside of the championship can kind of can actually compete with. I mean, like, I know, yeah. like myself, like being a, a Celtic fan, that like, we can't pay the wages that championship teams can play. Um, so, they, do do you think that that's obviously improved perhaps the quality of player that you can bring in? Um, like, do you think that's made the championship a more competitive league? Do you think it's made it a better league? You said you know the six teams at the top that are effectively Premier League teams. Then there's your team, or the, that kind of bracket of Wednesday teams. Then there's you know the, that three or four poor teams at the bottom. Yeah. Do you think that the championship has become more or less competitive with the parachute payments? Previous seasons, it's been less competitive because the parachute payments weren't. No one could match it. But there's investment coming in lower mm. down the league now. And certainly this season, it's more competitive than I've seen it for a long time. Okay. Uh, anyone can beat anybody at the moment. As witnessed on uh, Saturday when my own team uh, lost to Charlton, who were very close to the bottom. But then again, every time we're in Korea, Wednesday never do well. So uh, yeah. I'll, have, I'll have to stop, stop coming. Stop coming I then. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I do I do believe you up to a point now. We say that anybody can, can beat anybody. Apparently, Bolton can beat anybody. Well, no, but then Bolton have got debts of £176 million. So. And Neil Lennon as manager, yeah. which we won't talk about. Um, but, so, like, in terms of the competitiveness, then, you, you, you think anyone, I mean, outside of maybe two or three teams, yeah? That anyone can beat anyone, yeah? Yeah. So, having watched the Keighley Classic a couple of times, do you think the Keighley Classic is a particularly competitive league, or do you think. I mean, this season. We've been talking a lot about John Book running away with the title. They'd be joked, you know, that John Book would win the title book before the monsoon season started, then before the, the, the leaves fell off the trees, and so to speak. They, do you think. Kept putting the deadline back, didn't we? As well. We did, yeah, because they, John Book they, kept they, blowing they, it. They raced into a massive league and then they, they kept bottling it, so. Yeah, but do you think that, that the Classic, that is, your, is your impression of the Classic as being a competitive league, or do you think it really is like. Um, I think what I'm trying to say is that in in the championship you have the parachute payment, right? Which is yep. kind of like made made the league almost like a two tier league almost. Now you've said there's a lot more there's a new investment coming in and that's made it a little bit closer, yeah. In in the Kiri Classic we have the Chibol uh, yep. versus the Citizen teams, you know, like the company teams, the Hyundai, the John Boot Hyundai, you know, like uh, Suwon Samsung. Uh, you know, like uh, Pohan Posco, Seoul GS, even down to, like, I guess, Jeju SK. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have like, those teams that are sponsored by Chibos, and we have the, the citizen teams. Do you think it's, uh, it's similar to what it used to be like in the, ch in the championship now? It's, it's just very similar. Another point I'd like to make is how many Korean players are playing in the Premiership? We take your the odd one or two. You know, the guy playing for Swansea, mm. um, who is a really good player, but... Ki Sung-young. Ki Sung-young, Sung yeah. I was trying to wrap my brain about his name. The guy at Tottenham. 
Uh, yeah, but he's not playing regularly. He was injured for the last month or so. so. Okay, so plus he's not our favourite player anyway. No, <laughs> but um, and there's a couple in the championship. One at Bolton is still there. Uh, he's gone. He's at Palace now. Oh, is he okay? Is he told you. Yeah, but um, there aren't that many there. Mm. But you tend to lose your star players overseas, wherever it goes. But they're not yeah. going into the Premiership or the Championship. Mm. So I think the strength there. You know, we we are now going a stage where young British players aren't getting much of a show in many clubs. Mm -hmm. we're, we're pulling in all the top stars, well not the Ronaldos or the Messis, but you know the ones below them, they're all mm -hmm. coming to the Premiership, the Championship, League One, League Two, the National League are also scouring Europe for players. Yeah. So I think Korean teams in general will find it very difficult to compete in England. Okay. I, Scotland I might be a different matter. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um, they, and I think, I do want to ask you, they, I know Paul's got questions, so, but I do want to ask you maybe to just take two more quick questions. Um, they, you did mention Scotland there, and that's my second question. Like, my first question is that having like, been a fan of like the be, uh, been a fan of Sheffield Wednesday, you know, like, I know that like, you've had like, your heyday, that you've had like, a lot of success uh, through your time, and like, I know that, that you were in, you know, like, the Premiership. I was joking earlier on, by the way. Um, I was joking earlier on. I don't think it was called the Premiership back then, but anyway. No, we were in the Premiership. <laughs> but I was, I was joking. Found members of the Premiership. <laughs> I was joking. But um, they, now, I can never get this player's name right. I can't actually remember who, who it was. But uh, there was a player who played for, I think it was Roma, in the, the Europa League final last season. And he, and he left Roma to join Crystal Palace. Um, and... This is like the biggest, like, kind of, or the strangest transfer, like, of the of the of the, the summer. Clark. Yeah, and it's like, it's the guy who who leaves Roma in Italy, an Italian player who leaves yeah. Roma to go and join Crystal Palace. That can only be for money, right? It's only for money. I like, mean, do you think that that has ruined the English football, or do you think it improves English football? I mean. Yes, you may have better players, but do you think it? Did you think it really improves it? No, it's not improving it. Uh, lots of players, people would say so because you get this thing: England, the Premiership, is the best league in the world. It's not. I mean, look at the table now. It's again, there isn't a team running away with mm. it. Last year's champions, Chelsea, near the bottom. The top four are separated by two points, maybe, uh, and it's yeah. It, it's exciting. I wouldn't say it's the best football. And you look at our results in the Champions League. Yeah, Arsenal yeah, lost five one. No. Okay. And my, and, and my final question, Chris. Yeah. And I would like to, to be perfectly honest. Where would Celtic be in England? Previous seasons, I would have said when Celtic and Rangers were in the same league, probably the Championship. But not anymore. I think. Well, look at Celtic's results in the mm. Champions League or the Europa League. You know, they um, they're missing that rivalry with Rangers mm. and therefore their performance of dips and they can't attract the players they haven't got the many it's, uh, so they again would struggle at the bottom of the championship maybe okay but struggle I think would be the word okay I mean I, I think that's I think years ago they, when when Matt O'Neill was manager they, we yeah. viewed ourselves as being a as being a premiership team yeah. they, we viewed ourselves as being what you attract because we had yeah. you know like Chris Sutton yeah. who Previous year, I went for 10 million to Chelsea. Oh, came to Celtic with John Chris Harrison. Morris at one time, didn't you? 
But yeah, Christian Morris, yeah, that was a long, long time ago. That yeah. was that was when we won Co- the quality ex Sheffield Wednesday player. Centenary Sin- season, Christian Morris, one of the most like he. The, when I was I was a young guy watching. We, we actually Morris. talked about this a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? No, we, was, we, we, we? We looked at what he's doing now. He's apparently he's working back in his family's pie farm in yeah. his family's pie factory in Cornwall. Well, I was a young guy watching Celtic back then, and I I thought that when you were like a right back. Or a left back, whatever one it was, right it was a right back. back. Right I thought that whenever you went across the ball, that you had to run all the way around the ball to get it onto your proper foot to, to, to cross it. He really was so one-footed that he had to run all the way around to get the cross in. But I love Chris and Morris. Yeah. But nowadays, the right foot just play on the left wing, so they have to stop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so they stop and turn around and put it in. Chrissy but Woods. You love Chrissy Woods. Not so much. <laughs> not so much. Yeah. Reggie Blinker. Reggie Blinker, what can I say? Reggie Blinker, what a stinker. <laughs> uh, Poor old Reggie. He was just the wrong player, the wrong place, the wrong time. Mm. I had to keep my Celtic one year either side of that transfer, he'd have been a star. But have you still got your Reggie Blinker wig? I do still have it, actually, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I wear it. <laughs> um, but that, I mean, I actually really liked the guy. Like, I mean, he was he was a terrible, he had a torrid Celtic career, but I'm fairly certain he wasn't anywhere near as bad as we, as we no. kind of thought he was. No. So, get on to my question now. Yes. So obviously you've seen a number of K-League matches over the years, but maybe you don't have the, the in-depth knowledge of players that we do. But based on your viewing of this week's super match, are there any players you think would do well in the championship for Wednesday or another team? Uh, the guy that scored the four goals, if he's a natural finisher, could probably play in the right team and score goals anywhere. Um, you know, he's obviously got that goal poachers abilities but elsewhere I didn't see anything that really stood out no one who could control the ball and dictate the play on either side because back in the day I, I got asked this question a lot and I always picked Yi Chong Young as someone that could go go to England and do mm. well and obviously he did um, and I guess I mean Yoon scored four goals three of them are really good goals so yeah if, if he can finish in that way clearly he's going to do well wherever he goes are there any Wednesday players you think could do a good job in the, the K League? Because in the past I've been asked that question as well. Like, I, I I actually get asked this question a lot. Where would you compare Wednesday versus Seoul? And I say, well, year to year it varies. Some some years I think Wednesday will win easily. Some yeah. years I think Seoul will win easily. And when when Dan was playing for Seoul, obviously Seoul were the favourites. Now Dan's gone. Before Adriana came in, Wednesday were the favourites. Now Wednesday have got a lot of investment, so they've got some decent players. So probably Wednesday are on the up again. But I've always thought that Newey, who's kind of a controversial player back in Sheffield, isn't he? But I think he could, do, yeah. he could do a good job here because he's, he's physical. He's Asia. Yeah, yeah. But um, Wednesday don't play to Newey, who's strength. Whenever he's on the pitch, they tend to limp it high, and he's not that sort of player. He, he can't jump. Uh, he's The first game he played was against QPR away two seasons ago, and he was about 30 yards out on the wing. Ball's played to his feet controlled it, turned, beat a couple of players and lashed it in from that distance. Brilliant goal. He's never done it since because all he's getting is high balls mm. in the box and you know, once he don't play to his strengths. And that's where I mean I mean Gary Hooper is completely different. He is like yeah. the penalty box striker. He's there. He won't do anything at all. He won't create a single thing, but he'll he'll stand and turn it home from six yards every single but, time. But back to your question about Wednesday versus Seoul. I think Wednesday's defence is far better marshalled than Seoul's defence, so Adriano might find it more difficult to get those goals. 
Well, actually, um, I've, I get asked this question such a lot that I always consider it at the time I get asked it. And I think, yeah. as I said, sometimes I think Seoul will win, sometimes I think Wednesday will win. But in recent times, I've been watching some Wednesday, some sort of season review videos on on YouTube. Yep. And if you see all the goals that Wednesday score over the course of a season, over 20 minutes, like condensed into a 20-minute YouTube video, you'll see the Wednesday goals are sort of lots of goals from outside the area. Yep. And they're the kind of goals that never get scored in the K-League because mm. the, the strikers are just so yep. crap, basically. Yeah. A lot more goals from set pieces as well yeah. in England than... You know, never seems to be able to make much of it here. Even when Dayham was playing, you know, never really. Yes, he scored the odd header from a corner, but lots of his goals were on the ground, weren't they? Yeah. I think that's something that you don't see much here. I mean, apart from Young Ki-hum, like the Suwon player, you don't see anyone who really swings in really dangerous like the set pieces. That you but, don't. But having said that, you don't feel like you're going to see someone score from a free kick. Having said that, how, how much we criticise Molina. He is still like the second, the second leading assist maker in in the K League this season, but the problem is he has to get ten corners to get one. It's, it's like Wednesday back in the days of Mark Bright when he had to get twenty chances to score one goal. Yep. And Solro is exactly the same. Molina has to get ten corners to get one decent corner in. But at the moment, you've, in the Premiership, you've got Kiesling Young here. He's a fantastic playmaker. He's comfortable on the ball. He's got he's time. Strong. He's, he looks he's world class. On Saturday, there was no one with that sort of ability, whereas Wednesday at the moment have got three, four, five players who can do that. And they would destroy so. They really would. I think... It's, uh, Make it's, it happen. I mean, it's, it's quite interesting because like, the year, the first year I came to Korea was the, the year after the final Peace Cup because the old Reverend Boone took sick and was no longer able to arrange it. Uh, and it would have been Celtic who would have come over to Korea and played. Because yeah. um, apparently, I can't remember why, but anyway, they were next in the list. Um, and I would love to have seen, at that point in time, I would love to have seen Celtic play like an FCSO or someone, you know, like a Songnam or, or someone like that. But I mean, I mean, but I think if I look at it, I think, I think that was then. I mean, I think if I look at it now, I think if Celtic came over, even, even though we've had those poor results like in Europe, I still think that the Celtic coming to Korea, would, uh, they would take one riot with mm. any 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 Kelly team. I think that's how how, how far I've seen the Kelly um, decline, hasn't it? Decline. Yeah. Like, I mean, they. I mean, I, when I first came to Korea, um, I was I, I saw players like the like, uh, Adi. So, um, I mean. You know, they, they, I remember watching the FCSO v Man U friendly when Dehan. When to, to be honest, so would have won the match if Dehan not basically went out and scored a hat trick against Man U. He, he got two goals in the first half, and the whole second half, every time he got the ball, he just shot. And had he not done that, they probably so would have actually beat Man. And that was a reasonably strong Man U team as well. And I think I'm, I'm not saying that that was like if it had been a real competitive game, so could beat Man U. But what I'm saying is that I think. You know, like even 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 then, you know, what I mean, it's like there the, the were players in Korea. The K League did have good, good, yeah. strong, strong players. No, like you no, did have, no. for example, Songnam winning. You know, like leagues, they like winning ACLs. You did have like like, like strong teams. Now, it, it, the the K League really has become Chibol v Citizen. It really has be, become like, and Songnam have upset 
the 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 norm this season by 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 finishing the top six. I have no they I I have no feeling that they'll finish top six next season. I mean I know that when I buy my season ticket they will be fighting relegation battle because that's what it will be because you know the Osan will reclaim their top six place because that's the way it should be. J balls and citizens, but but. The the other thing is obviously your average football fan in Korea, he's a big fan of the the K uh, big fan of the EPL or the, mm. the La Liga whatever doesn't really watch paying paying attention to the K League at all, but the 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 guys that love the K League, I think they ever actually have an overinflated opinion of the standard of the K League because every summer you get one or two European clubs coming out to play friendlies. We had Reading, we've had Wolves, mm. we've had Bolton, whatever, Man United, Leverkusen. Leverkusen Etc. Etc. But they're coming out pre-season. They're sort of, they're t- yeah, they're taking they're sort of taking a half-assed approach. The K League is in the middle of its season, so all their players are fully match fit, fully ready. Plus, they're trying to get moves. Yeah. So <laughs> I think the the, the K League teams are always relatively competitive in those matches, and the European sides are always kind of well, we'll just have a bit of fun, mm. give give our fans in this country a bit. Of, so I think because of that, the K League fans probably have an overinflated opinion of the, the ability of their teams, vis-à-vis the whole mm. European structure. It's a bit like the cup final. Do you know, playing against a European team, they'll let the they, game. They, this is, a, I mean, this is not about the K League, but just when you mention friendlies and inflated opinions, under under Matt O'Neill's stewardship at Celtic, Celtic never lost a single match to a, to an English team. They put. Blackburn and, New- and Liverpool out the the UEFA Cup, and no, no, and and they won every friendly. And I rem- I still remember when Gordon Strachan arranged a friendly against Man City, and Man City had just signed David Bentley. Yeah, Bentley from Spurs for like twenty five million or something. Like that. Uh, yeah, to be seen again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think City won in the three 0 or something. Everyone was just like, ooh, striking, losing the game against England, blah, blah, blah. Ooh, it's a corner. It's a corner. And striking <laughs> was like, you realise that his left leg is worth more than our full team? Yeah. And it was like, you know, like, because O'Neill had played against Fulhams and, and so on, you know what I mean? And like, it was that, as you said, that overinflated idea that Celtic were on, the, on, 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 on a par with, with English teams. It wasn't true. And I think you're right. I think that Korean teams do that. They, they invite over these teams. They come over. They play like maybe half-strength teams. They try to get fit. You're in the middle of your season, and you do end up winning, or you or you end up drawing. And you think, hey, that we could like, do well in the Bundesliga. No, no, you, you actually can. Like, yeah, because when Man United come, they play half their stars for half for 45 minutes, yeah, right? That's the rule. As yeah. opposed to if you're going week in week out in the in the Premier League, then Wayne are playing 90 minutes every week. And he'll be scoring a hat, a hat load of goals against. I mean, I, I, or, I don't think the case maybe this season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think we can. I don't think there's, there's no comparison between the 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 EPL and the well, K League well, well, class. We're yeah. doing the comparison between the K League and the Championship. Yeah, I know. So, so well, I have, to, I have to disagree with you about that. So I think looking at the Championship uh, against the, the K League Classic, I would I would agree with Chris. I, I think. Because even looking at the, at the championship now, compared to you know, like other other leagues in the world, it's like it's ridiculous. The the money that they have and the players that they can attract is ridiculous. And I, I don't think there's any doubt that they, you're now looking at the K League 
classic, whereas one day it may have been able to compete, they may be the top two or three, three or four, whatever, could have <coughs> been mid-table mid championship. Now you're looking at them being lucky to be like, challenging for the top of, the, of League One, and I think that's the way it's went. I also think players like Dejan, Adriano, Edu are probably exceptions to the rule for the most, for the majority of the draws that we get here. Yeah. What's yeah. the shot? What Chris Marsden? Chris Ma Chris Marsden played for Pusan back in the day, but didn't last. He, he Chris Marsden is the kind of foreigner that we always talk about: come in, play three months, and then bugger off back home because he couldn't hack it yeah, here. Yeah, and that's another problem as well. I mean, they, we've discussed this so many times on the on the podcast, but. You know, and that's why I said earlier, you see like EJ Song, Wang Yi Zhou, like uh, Quan Chang Hun, you know, like uh, Yun Ju Te. If we can keep these players for another one, two seasons, maybe, just maybe, we can attract some people back. Maybe we can get to see like, like exciting football. Unfortunately, I agree with Paul, I think two of them will be sold like, in, the, in the close season. Because there's another side to this equation as well, and that's the managers and... The golden era of Korean football was when you had a lot of foreign managers, national team, Seoul, and they brought something new to the game. At the moment, I don't see. Are there any foreign managers in no. Korea? No. Are there any Koreans managing overseas? There was. Well, there's Martin Rennie in the second division, and then there was yeah. the Brazilian guy who managed for about mm. three months at Pusan. But how many Korean managers have gone overseas to get the experience of. Would, would anyone overseas employ a Korean manager? Probably not. No, and I think that's your problem. Yeah. Well, no, wait, look, to be fair, uh, Seoul's manager trade did get an offer from China over the summer. Well, yes, but that's China. How many Chinese managers are there in Europe? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, mean, I think... The, Someone's getting thing. too big for his boots. I mean, I think, and this is the thing, I mean, it's like, I mean, you could... You could take that argument a little bit further and say how many English managers are there in England. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, no, um, I'm talking about Europe. Yeah, Europe. But, yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't yeah, know what you're saying. How, no, many, no, no, how no, many English I, I, managers I, I, are overseas? Moyes. I, mean, I agree with you. He's no. going to be sacked any day now. Yeah. Oh no, I'm not disagreeing with that. But, but I think until there's that cross fertilisation, yes, there's going to be no progress in this country. Well, because I think when you know, I say where do you do your managers, the the the, the way you do your coaching badges. Yep. You know, it's like you do your coaching badges in like one, in like one area, yeah? yeah. And I think it's one thing to do your coaching badges in in Scotland with a bunch of, you know, like European managers, because I know, for example, like like Neil Lennon, Alan McCoist, and the guy whose name I can't remember, the guy from from Spurs, the young guy. Pochettino. Oh, yeah. they, oh, he Mourinho, him and Mourinho had a problem. They were assistant. Oh God! No. Anyway, they did it. Of course, in budget at the same time, you know. I think that in in Korea, I'm not sure where they do the coaching badges. I'm assuming they do it in Korea with like a Korean manager teach them how to do Korean tactics. And yeah, I think that's that could be our issue as well. But I mean, we we have seen it announced in the news that the Puang manager Hwang Sung is going to quit at the end of the season, and he's going to take two years off to go and travel the world and study different football ta footballing tactics yeah. so I mean as much as I hate to say it as as he's never going to be a manager of souls as much as I hate to say it if he comes back in two years and leads Puang to be a, a brilliant attacking football footballing side then all power to him yeah I mean yeah 
I'm happy with anything that makes the K League better. And right now, that would be anything. Uh, that would be Swan getting relegated. <laughs> so anyway, so that was the that was the uh, comparison. That was the five minute comparison, which has gone to twenty eight minutes of, uh, of the K League. Basically the championship. As usual, we spent too much time talking about this, that, and the other. We we'll probably not have time to do your rant and referees this week. Next week? Yeah, next week definitely. Yeah. I guess all that's left to do is the quick previews. Uh, Paul, we have a game on Wednesday. Uh, Sandrew versus Sue. That's a pretty huge game, I guess. That's like second v fourth right now. Well, Sandrew have got two games left. They got one this midweek and they've got one this weekend. So if they win midweek, they go top. They do, and then obviously Sangjo have got the last weekend off, whereas mm. Tegu are playing the last weekend, so they have the advantage of no, uh, presumably knowing what they need to do. Yeah, assuming that Tegu at least match Sangju's results over at the weekend. So this is a pretty huge game for Sangju then, yeah. Yeah, Sh- should we go? You want to drive down? You with the car? I've got the car. Have you got the time? You've got the uh, children on Wednesday. Oh. It's not going to happen. Uh, so yeah, it's a running joke. It's a running joke. Listen, Paul. listen, listen to the podcast. Are you prepared? every podcast? Paul says, "When you go, I'll drive." He's never driven yet. I'll, I'll drive you into next week at some point. So, protection for the game, Paul. Uh, I think that will depend on whether we manage to make it or not. If we make it, it'll be a, a stunning three-all draw. If we don't, it'll be a nil-nil. You know, be the reverse, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we go, but nothing else. If we don't go, we'll be like four or something, yeah? Okay, my money's going to be on Sandrew just to pip it, just to keep um, to keep the title going till the last couple of days. I still think Vega will win the title, but my money's on Sandrew just to edge this one 1-0. One I go by someone Korean. Um, I don't know, Suwon have been a bit up and down recently, so it's hard to predict. But... but Score draws the most likely result, I think. Mm, and we go for, as I said, Sanju Homan. Okay. Uh, we also have the Korean national team, I guess, coming up. I guess on Thursday we have Korea versus Myanmar. And so on. Everyone's been called out for it. Song Young Men injured, has been called out. He's not injured. He, he, uh, he was on the bench for Spurs last night. Oh, he's not injured. Well yeah. done. Fantastic. Kishan Young called up. Wang Yee called up. EJ Sung called up. Um, how many soul players were called up, Paul? Two were called up to the Olympic side. How many were called up to the national team? Two were called up to the Olympic side. How many Sonnam players were called up to the national team, Paul? How many were called up to the Olympic team? I don't know. The national team, there was two. We had, uh, as we discussed last week, we had uh, Yoon Young Sung and uh, Bang Yi Jo called up. And they won't play. Oh, uh, oh, of course. And what happened last time Seoul played Suwon? Uh, and what happened last time Seoul played Songnam? Uh, a Brazilian scored your winning goal. So, basically it was one each in terms of Korea. <laughs> That's how I view it. <laughs> anyway, um, Korea Myanmar, are you going to go, Paul? It's a Suwon. Have you seen Myanmar before? As you know, I have a, a pipeline for free tickets. If, yeah. free, if free tickets come through on Wednesday, I'll might make the effort to go, otherwise probably not. I know you try to do your two hundred and eighty five club thing. Uh, to I've you. seen Myanmar before. You've seen before? Uh I'm working at, at Tongdemun actually. Tongdemun? Yeah, back in the day. That was back in the day. It was an Asian Games qualifier. Oh okay. 
Uh, I'm working too late on Thursday night. I don't think I'll finish until like 7 pm or something like that. So I don't think there's no chance of me making that game. But if I don't go, we could we could uh, potentially watch it over a beer somewhere. Uh, we could potentially watch it over a beer somewhere. Whether you go or don't go. Um, okay. but, but surely this is going to be similar to the Laos game. With 6 0, 5 0, 4 0, 8 0. If they don't score 5, it's a disaster, is it not? Yeah. It's probably going to be similar to the Laos game where I walk in a restaurant and ask me to put it on the TV, you show the Korea game, you put it on the TV, you show the Korea game, and Koreans go, oh, Korea's playing? That could probably be the exact same thing that happened at the Laos game. This should be 5 0, 5 0, 6 0. Um, if, it, if it's not, yeah, they should be shot. If it is, nothing will happen. If it's not, then it'll be Huang Joe's fault, right? Definitely. <laughs> um, well, see, he scored a goal was against... Jamaica? No, it was, it was her choice. Jamaica? No, she bought the tickets. Jamaica? No. <laughs> so so that was the uh, the Korean national team game against Myanmar that we talked about there. Uh, I guess the final thing to uh, preview is the, the K-League Challenge. Obviously, there's no... Kaylee Classic this week because um, some of the teams actually have players, although most of them don't. But anyway, um, we'll move quickly on to the K-League Challenge preview. They really could play K-League Classic games for just give, give do the same as they do in the, the is it the I know the Premier League and Championship get the game off right and yeah. League One, League Two. If they've got three players or above, they get the so they, could, they could they could be the play. classic. So they could they could play. Give give Chumba maybe. Probably, no one. There's probably no team with three players. There's no team with three players. There's no reason why the K-League Classic has not been played this week because everyone knew before Uli picked the team he wouldn't pick any Jews. <laughs> Are you sure he's not picked any Jews this, this or time? Or Kim's right? or Lee's. <laughs> he basically picks no one in the K-League, yeah? So, I mean, everyone knew beforehand that they could play, but anyway, they had the weekend off. So all we have this weekend is K-League Challenge. Um, probably not a whole lot to talk about, but anyway... We'll go through them quickly. On the Saturday, we have three games. We have Gyeongnam uh, v Goyang, 2pm on Saturday. Paul? That's got to be a score draw. I would probably agree with you there. Um, Chunju v Daegu. Chris, what do you think? So, bottom v top. Daegu. <laughs> Daegu, it's got to be. You can imagine it's going to be a Daegu victory, yeah? Yep. Uh, Daegu will probably win that one. Yeah, you have to think so. And uh, Sangju v Ansan, God imagine the army against the police. Um, like, it's the kind of game that you want everyone to lose, but basically, I, I think the army will do just enough to put the pressure on Daegu for the last game of the season. So I'm going to go with the army 1 0. I guess it's a, bit, it's a bit tough on us to predict these before Sangju played their midweek game. Because it is, but. If they beat Su on midweek and they win this, then they're. They'll they'll know what Tegu have done in the early kickoff. So they will, but I still think yeah. I I predict Sanju win both their games to keep all the pressure on Tegu until the last day of the season. Yeah. Uh, on Sunday there's two games, potential games to go to actually. Uh, we have Anyang in the two p.m. kickoff. Uh, they host Gangwon. Uh, Anyang have won four in a row, so they're due to lose. Basically, <laughs> known Anyang's form. Um, Kang won one, two in a row, so something's got to give. Something to give. Uh, it could be a draw, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go for Anyang five in a row. I like Anyang. There's something about their Harchester United strips that I kind of like. You'll notice since uh, Austin Berry's not been playing, they've 
improved a hell of a lot results wise uh, yeah coincidental maybe but maybe maybe he, maybe you never know uh, and then I guess the final game of Sunday I guess a kind of big one I, I mean I guess like uh, Butchon v Suwon Butchon could still claim as we discussed earlier on this Paul cut it out Butchon could still claim uh, a last four in a playoff spot. They really need to beat Suwon. Well, actually, their only chance is to beat Suwon. Assuming Suwon have already lost to Sangju. Assuming Suwon already lost to Sangju, which we previewed earlier on, so Paul won't have cut it out, so there you go. Um, so, given that Suwon have lost to Sangju, Butchon beat Suwon, and they are Bob Girante back into two points away from them. Um, that, this is a tough one for me to be honest I, I want to see Butchon in the in the classic I want to see Suwon in the classic I don't want to see Sangju or Daegu but yeah my money's going to be on a nothing each draw and I might go to that game I think this is probably going to be a, a relatively boring draw isn't it um, Suwon aren't going to want to lose so they're going to do everything everything they can not to lose so yeah Probably a draw of some kind. I think it's going to be a draw. I think maybe nothing each or maybe one each. But I think it's going to be a draw with that one, definitely. Okay, well, that's pretty much the, uh, the the podcast wrapped up for tonight. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you very much, Chris, for taking time out and coming and joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, I've enjoyed it. Thank you for your comments on the championship and, and the K-League and referees and so on. And when do I click my check? Uh, you click your check the same time as me and Paul Collectors. You'll be, you'll be just behind us in the queue. <laughs> Paul, I guess you have some outro music. Uh, it's going to be something interesting. Surely nothing to do with Suwon. Uh, I guess we have to recognise that Chumbuk have actually won the league this we week. We don't have to. So something... We don't, we don't have to, but it, w- it would be polite to. Just, just in case Lex goes mental again. Okay. They are the champions.